All right, this is going to take some additional technical, you know, work here. We have three guests. It is not. Two of which will be participating in the podcast. <laughs> well, introduce what we're doing. All right, this is me, my parents, and Liam Neeson, but we have guests today, so we're going to go around the room. I'm Dan. I'm Carrie. I'm Sam. I'm Carrie. I'm Patrick, and I'm definitely not another Carrie. I don't think the people yeah. on the pod that are listening can hear the dog's tail wagging. He's so happy to be here for the podcast. The dog is here. We're hoping he doesn't participate too much uh, I mean, through like, vocalizing. Or by whapping the microphone with his wagging tail. Yeah, that might happen. He's very happy to be here. Uh, he's just happy to be here, Steve. And uh, <laughs> uh, as prophesied last week... Uh, when I said what we were going to do this week, uh, we watched Schindler's List. We did. It's it took a while. Well, no, it took as long as it's supposed it to take. Took a while. Duh. Yeah, it's Schindler's List is not a short movie, uh, ladies and gentlemen listening along. It, uh, Netflix listed it at three hours fifteen minutes. I thought it was three twenty, but in any case, it's not short. Well, we didn't watch all the way through to the end of the credits. That's we true. did. That, 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 five that, minutes. That, yeah, and there's no credits at the beginning. Yeah. So. It is the movie starts. I, you may have some of the savvy among you may have heard me say that it's on Netflix, and it is. It and is I believe currently. it is currently on Netflix, and I think they would be foolish to remove it from there as long as they can still have it. Mm-hmm. Right. So right. it was uh, available at our local library as well. This is definitely a movie that people need to watch now. I will say uh, this movie is not for children. It's, it's not a children's movie for several reasons. Not the least of which is the return of our favorite recurring segment, the Liam Neeson yeah. Sexy Times. I would happen to be in the kitchen for that. You were. You wouldn't miss much. But, yeah, okay. Sorry. Technical Dog technical difficulties. No, it just... Uh, so, the first in our things we need to talk about about this film Well, is, zero to Neeson. Well, the zero to Neeson, I was going to go into, because we had to do backstory. We had to do, like, who's in it and stuff. We always I do that know, first. But sometimes we do the zero to Neeson. The Three beginning. minutes and 30 seconds. Three minutes and 30 seconds. He's in this one pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, because, wait a minute, main character. Main character. Uh, there are definitely some things uh, that need discussing about this film, uh, not the least of which is the Wikipedia has a section on this movie about controversies, which uh, you will not find terribly surprising about a film of this subject matter, but the reason why might surprise you a little. This film was first broadcast on American television in 1997. Well, no. Hold wait. on. Unedited. Oh, and then there was frontal nudity. There was things. lots of frontal nudity. Oh, well. Uh, a congressman said the NBC had brought television to an all-time low with full frontal nudity, violence, and profanity, adding that it was an insult to decent-minded individuals everywhere. And mm. everyone involved apologized. It's uh, an atrocious event. Like you, it was. You can't censor it. Yeah, but there was a lot of. Did it have? Did we have to? We didn't have to have the sexy times. Because TV doesn't. There's less choice about watching something on TV than there is watching a movie. Correct. Because you have to decide to watch the movie. So that was kind of a big deal there. Uh, his factory was purchased in 2007 to create a permanent exhibition about the German occupation of the city. Well, so that's pretty that's cool. That's kind of a good thing. Uh, because if we don't remember history, if it gets whitewashed yeah. over and sanitized, then we we will not have the, that horrific sense of the terribleness of what happened. And I think we have to... The pre-production for this film is actually pretty incredible, not just from a it getting it made standpoint, but mm-hmm. from 
what happened around it to get it made. So it started with Pfefferberg, who you'll recognize uh-huh, yep. as one of the names of the people in here. Right. I attempted to make a biopic in 1963. Wow. And with MGM to make it. Thomas Kennelly published the novel Schindler's Ark in okay. 82. Okay. Which he wrote after meeting with this guy in 1980. Meeting Schindler? No, Pfefferberg. Oh, Schindler, Schindler was, was gone, dead gone by then. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. MCA president sent Steven Spielberg a review of the book. And Spielberg, astounded by the story, jokingly asked if it was true. But at that point, basically was hooked. In, sure. Oh, in very because much, it's a really In very great much story. a Martin Scorsese way, hooked on a bit of amazing history and wanted to make a film of mm-hmm. it. Uh, in the end credits, which we didn't we see didn't because watch. Netflix, uh, Pfefferberg is credited as a consultant under his uh, changed name, Leopold Page. Uh, he was Spielberg was unsure if he was mature enough to make a film about the Holocaust in 1983 when he first looked at it. Spielberg himself. Spielberg himself. It he first is heavy. He first tried to pass the project to Roman Polanski. Okay. Hmm. Whose mother was killed in Auschwitz. And he had lived in the Krakow ghetto. Wow. Polanski eventually directed his own Holocaust drama, The Pianist. Okay, hmm. sure. Spielberg also offered the film to Sidney Pollack and Martin Scorsese. Wow. Martin Scorsese was attached to direct in 1988. Spielberg, I was unsure of letting him direct it as mm-hmm. I'd given away a chance to do something for my children and family about the Holocaust. Right. So he offered him the chance to direct the 1991 remake of Cape Fear instead. Hmm. So he did that. Uh, Spielberg eventually did it. when uh, He noticed that Holocaust deniers were being given serious consideration by the media. Ugh. So sad. Yep. Just wrong. Uh, Sid Sheinberg, the MCA president who first turned him on to it, greenlit the film on the condition that Spielberg make Jurassic Park first. What? Spielberg later said he knew that once I had directed Schindler, I wouldn't be able to do Jurassic Park. Hmm. Wow. The picture was assigned a small budget of $22 million, Right. As Holocaust films are not usually profitable. Hmm. They were wrong. They were wrong. I they were so wrong. Ended up with like a 195-page script, mm-hmm. which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Neeson auditioned and was cast in December 92 after Spielberg saw him perform in Anna Christie on Broadway. Warren Beatty participated in a script reading, but he was concerned he could not disguise his accent and that he would bring movie star baggage. For similar reasons, Kevin Costner and Mel Gibson, who now us mighty spacemen of the future, right. would see how ironic Mel Gibson being in this film would be. I... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they, snortle, they, snortle. they were both not chosen because... They wanted the actor er, to not overpower the character. Mm. Well, and at this point in Liam Neeson's career... He was not a well-known name. He was still more known for stage stage, production. Certainly the the films that we've been watching from long, long, you know, early in his career... To help him prepare for the role, Spielberg showed Neeson two things. One, they found a tape of Oscar Schindler... Cool. ...to listen to, and film clips... Of Time Warner CEO Steve Ross, who had a charisma that Spielberg compared to Schindler's. Huh. Uh, lots of other stuff in here about that, but uh, this is the point where I think we need to get into uh, the film around it and the people in it, because mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Sir Ben Kingsley... Isaac Stern, and Stern yep. means star in German. Uh, he's a combination of three, basically three people around sure. Oscar Schindler. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, he had done things for a while. Right. Uh, his first credited thing with a date is an episode of a TV series in 1966. Oh my goodness. Uh, anyone here remember when Gandhi happened? No. Mm, I don't I was remember what year it was. You guys remember, You guys got a guess on the year? It is. Will be more specific? Three. 82, you were close. Ooh, good job. That was his big thing, and he had been doing things since then, mm. obviously. Uh, now, Ralph Fiennes... A very young Ralph Fiennes. A very young Ralph Fiennes now. Ralph the reason, Fiennes is two years younger than me. Just The reason FYI. why they knew about Ralph Fiennes was the TV movie, A Dangerous Man, Lawrence After Arabia, mm-hmm. in which he played T.E. Lawrence. Hmm. In 1992. Wow. Yeah, so... This we, was Ralph Fiennes' first major role. And what a tough role. And after yeah. afterwards, he would then star in the Avengers movie. There we go. No, yeah. not really. Just a movie called The Avengers in 1998. <laughs> but yeah, I, modern day audiences will recognize him as Lord Voldemort. I may not recognize Fairly him physically. Physically. His yeah. nose, his, he has a nose <laughs> thing going on. Kind of a bad on. guy. I... The older among us will recognize him as the voice of Ramesses from Prince of Egypt. Oh, yeah. The animated version. Yes. So we didn't see him, we just heard him. Uh, But he plays bad guys real good. Boy, boy, is he good at bad guys. And listeners of the podcast will remember him from two previous Liam Neeson films. Uh oh. I can, well, mm. and because I'm the mom on this podcast, I don't remember. Do you, do you do you know which other Liam Neeson movies he's in? Clash of the Titans. It is. He's Hades. Oh. T- sure, he is. I was going to say and he's then, not in love. Actually, and then Wrath of the Titans as the same character. But <laughs> yep. Oh, in 2011 there was a Coriolanus movie, and he was Coriolanus. Oh, I don't I've like seen that. He I was. don't like the anus part. The anus part. He's now I'll watch in. That with you. He's he's he? now yeah. playing a good guy. In the James Bond movies as uh, the new M. The new M. He's the new M, so that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sir Ben Kingsley was, of course, actually in the Marvel Cinematic Universe for one movie. Yes, he was. As the fake Mandarin. He was the Mandarin. He was the the fake Mandarin. He was the fake Mandarin. But, but, you know. (laughs) He did a good job. Boy, yeah, no. Ben Kingsley has been in a lot of things, and it's really silly here. He's kind of skilled. He's got... So he's, there's a thing in, let's see, he's got one, two, three things listed in 2019 that he's already been in. And then on top of that, there are five other projects that he's attached to more recent, currently. He's still doing a lot of stuff. Well, good for him. Now, other, now, other than, you know, Spielberg, who we know, composer, do you know who the composer was? No, and this was you this won't, you film won't, came out in ninety three. You won't recognize the style necessarily, but you'll definitely recognize the name. John Williams. John Williams. Oh, I just guessed. His okay. fifth Academy Award was for this. Was film? for this film. Wow. Now, some the reason why there's a little bit of important stuff about this film is because this is a very good film. Okay, wait a second. I'm, can we go back to music for a second? Yeah. There were times when we were watching the film where the music was absent. Mm-hmm. Very importantly. Very importantly absent. And then there were times when the music would fade in and it it felt like it was really, really appropriate where the music was. Anyway, that's just my yeah. little tidbit. Uh, also with the music, there were some very significant violin pieces mm-hmm. in there, including one point where there was a guy up on stage. Mm-hmm. That would be Mr. 
Itzak Perlman. No, that's Itzak. Itzak, my apologies, Itzak mm-hmm. Perlman, famous Israeli-American violinist. Yes. With Grammy Awards down his arm. Yes. He was actually performing? That was him there, and he's also did all the music, all, yes. all the major violin parts. Wow. Uh, he's got the Presidential Medal of Freedom. He yeah. performed at Obama's inauguration. He's so, a pretty big deal. He's so, kind of an amazing dude. So yeah. just when I was on an airplane recently, I watched... Oh, a, he has the Grammy Lifetime Award. I watched a, a movie about Fiddler on the Roof. And Itzhak Perlman was interviewed as uh, for his comments at, about the film and about the music. He actually himself has a documentary about himself now. Uh, but this film being a good film <laughs> yes. is in fact something that we aren't just saying because it's on lists. It's on li- Well, this was Liam Neeson's, is it his only Academy Award nomination? No, I don't one? think so. I think he's been nominated a couple of times, but it's or definitely ma- his first. Mm-hmm. In 2007, the American Film Institute, on their 10th anniversary of a top 100 list, ranked it number eight on the best American films of all time. Well, For this- fun, because mm-hmm. we normally do this with the Academy Awards, but this time it'll be Schindler's List is a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Name me some other movies in the top 10. The top 10 of the top 100? Top 10 of the top 100 in 2007. Gone with the Wind. Gone with the Wind is number 6. Okay. Um, Then it's going to be Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz is number 10. Okay. This is films that are... This is the American Film Institute Best American Films. And we're looking for the top 10 of 100. Yep. Um, Citizen Kane. Number 1. Wow, you're good. Okay. So, man, I gotta think now. I'm thinking classics. Mm-hmm. That's what I was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a couple trivia. that you might not we, need. We need you a couple yeah. weeks ago. There's a couple that maybe you won't say, but okay. as soon as I say them, you'll go. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, for, I think to speed up the podcast, you might have to yeah. give us some hints. Number Otherwise. number two, The Godfather. Okay. Yeah. Number enough. three, Casablanca. Casablanca. I was gonna say that. Number you should have. Number four, Raging Bull. Raging Bull. I wouldn't have put wow. that up there, but okay. Number five, Singing in the Rain. Singing in the Rain. Okay. Number seven, Lawrence of Arabia. Mm-hmm. Mm. Which we already mentioned, kind of. Kind of. And number nine is Vertigo. Ooh. Oh. So, interesting That's there. a Hitchcock That's, that's Hitchcock, 1958. I knew there would be a Hitchcock, yep. but I had no idea which uh, one it would be. For fun, going on the list a little more, number 13, Star Wars. Which one? The first one. I mean, episode four. Episode four. Number 15, 2001. Number okay, 20, hell. It's a Wonderful Life. Number 24, E.T. Sure. Kill a Mockingbird. Wait a minute. Yeah. I'm seeing like there's a few Spielberg things in there. There's a few. Spielberg's a good director. Mm-hmm. He might be a good director. Also, in 2004, the Library of Congress selected for preservation in the National Film Registry, which mm-hmm. is a. It's not just that they have all their films in the Library of Congress. Right. This is about 25 films per year, and not just like major films. Things what are on film get preserved as nationally important. So you'll sure. see things like the first film mm-hmm. or the first spoken word film or things right, like that. Right. Things that are significant. Yeah. So that one's going to have, you know, these are the really good ones. Uh, interesting ones in there. Oldest film currently in the registry is 1891. The newest one theatrically released in 2005. Now, which one do you think that is? I'll give you a hint. It's significant. It's significant because the plot involves uh, same-sex relations. Brokeback Mountain? It is Brokeback Mountain. Huh. 
It was the first major film with mm-hmm. that. Huh. Uh, shortest is Edison Kinetoscopic Record of a Sneeze. Oh. <laughs> five seconds long. Achoo. Longest is Empire with a runtime of eight hours, five minutes. Titanic is the highest grossing. Yeah. Raging Whatever. Bull is also in there. <laughs> uh, six films are sequels, including Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Uh, oh, that's too funny. Uh, only one film currently in the registry was based on a television show. Anybody mm. got a guess? It's not Happy Days. It's not Happy Days. Based on a 1976 to 1981 Emmy-winning syndicated series. Wow. It's not the Brady Bunch. To, no. Brady Bunch is before that. Boy, I should know that. We didn't watch television then. We were too busy in school. The reason it's there is both for cultural impact and for being one of the most uh, recognizable use of puppetry. Muppets? It's the Muppet movie. <gasps> nice. There well, okay, one... we did watch the Muppet Show. Boop, yep. boop, 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 There boop, is boop, 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 boop. one music video in the registry. Thriller. It's Thriller. thriller. It's I was going to say it's thriller. Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely thriller. Uh, three films in there have the big five in that they won the Academy Award for Best Picture, Director, Actor, Actress, and Original or Adapted Screenplay. Well, those are in the top ten. They're also the only three Academy Award, only three films to actually win that, but all three of them are in the registry. It happened one night in 1934, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and The Silence of the Lions. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, this is the kind of pedigree that this film has managed to get into. Uh, but this is ordinar- a significant yeah. story. Ordinarily, Told when we well. talk about Liam Neeson films, we don't usually... It's not usually a good, a good film in the oeuvre of all film. It can right. be a good film on its own. Right. But, like, I think uh, Nell was probably the last one where we looked and went. That was really cool. This is yeah. a really good, good. film. Yeah. Really well made A good film, film good in the realm is. of good films. Yeah. Good yes. directing, good casting, good I want to say acting. Operation Chromite was also a good film, but that was it not was. an American film, and it was definitely not, mm-hmm. like, Academy Award yeah. caliber. I don't think it had the same caliber, even though it was a well done film. Yeah. I so... Agree. There's not going to be. Too we much... don't want to talk about this because we really want you to go out there and watch yeah. it. Yeah, we can talk about not maybe not specifically, but the use of color because that's very important. That was the really film interesting. Is black you and... have to start paying attention at the beginning. Yep. Do not be getting yourself a snack. You need to get your snack first. Sit down and then Pee push first. play. It's a three-hour movie. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But because you do want to pay attention at the beginning. It I think was it's important. clearly filmed in black and white. It was not filmed in color and then the color pulled out right. like they do in films like Pleasantville, which right, right. is not maybe a terribly good film, but it's interesting mm-hmm. from a color perspective because it's a film shot in color, then desaturated so they can right. pull the colors back out. This yeah. is a film done in black and white with colors added later mm-hmm. for impact. Right. So it was really important. I mean, the play of light sometimes. I think there the were shadows. Yeah. Every time the color yeah. shows up, you'll want to be paying attention mm-hmm. for it. It's a very important yeah. thing. Uh, anything else we want to talk about? I don't know. I think it was. Well, I think I think it film. was it was interesting as we were getting near the end of the movie. I thought, okay, this is the three hour and change movie, but it seemed like it was one of those few movies that was long that. That had to be long. It never ran out of story. No, it, it almost... Mm-hmm. Right. You almost needed lots of time to develop, for instance, the character relationships yes. between yeah. Schindler and, and uh, Ralph Fiennes' character. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of a thing that 
and and the relationships and the interactions between the characters kept developing all the way to the very end of the movie. I one of the things with Ralph Fiennes' character, and I talked about this while we were watching it because it's something that I take seriously as someone who uh, writes, and especially I do Dungeons and Dragons stuff because I, with no offense to the people that experience it, rape is serious. It very much is, and it's also lazy writing usually where you throw it in in order to establish someone as a bad guy. And I was afraid they were going to do it in this film because Ralph Fiennes is a very bad guy. And I was, unfor- unfortunately, in that I don't necessarily like to say the words they did that scene correctly because mm-hmm. it still makes me feel a little skeevy. But, and I mean, job well done. You made me f- not dislike the bad guy even more. Right. Uh, so there's that. Right. Uh, Otherwise, I felt like we were invested in the characters... Mm-hmm. Uh, it took a little while for me to figure out what was going, you know, do I like Liam Neeson's character or not? It took us a long time for him to do the time. right thing. And it for was the right slow. Reason. It was a very slow burn mm-hmm. getting to that, getting to the mm-hmm. end end. Yeah. Up until that point, he had been doing the right thing for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. And it took a long time for him to find the right reason. So we still kind of liked him, even mm-hmm. when he was being kind of a jerk about it. Mm-hmm. It's like a guy that, you know, I is a rampant industrialist and doing bad things, but he's also, like, a great environmentalist. And we're like, we can't be mad at you. You're putting up wind farms everywhere. The fact that you're tearing down people's houses to make the wind farms kind of sucks, but, you know, we like you. Uh, on the subject of movies that went too long, I think Gangs of New York had that problem, where Gangs of New York yeah. ended about 45 minutes before the movie ended, and then it kept going with yeah. plot that was fine. It but, was it, good but it didn't have the development didn't have the development yeah. characteristics of this yeah. movie. But this one never it never ended until the end. Yeah. Where often long movies will have at least two endings. I also noted that there were zero actors listed above the line. Yep. Right. There were no credits. No this... credits before the there was Amblin and the title of the movie and the movie started and there was nothing yep. else. I uh, to note it was filmed and conceived and run like a documentary. Mm-hmm. You don't put credits at the start of a documentary. It's yeah. about the people mm-hmm. that are that it's about. And, you know, you mentioned that a $22 million budget, worldwide gross receipts was almost a billion dollars. Uh, just in theaters, $300 million. Yeah, isn't it crazy? Well, I think that it's... Wow. It's the right yeah. thing. It was... A message that mm-hmm. needs to be out there and people, we mm-hmm. have to remember. Uh, a lot of the extras, because there were a lot of extras in this mm-hmm. film, uh, you may notice that they were speaking very convincing German and Polish. Because they were? Because they were German and Polish. Nice. And sticking them in SS uniforms, some of them had serious concerns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But a lot of them also afterwards said that they were happy for the opportunity for like catharsis to mm-hmm. you know, show that this is bad and we want <clears throat> to... They want the message out. They want the message out. Mm -hmm. Uh, The girl that played the girl in the red dress Mm -hmm. was three at the time. Oh, wow. Spielberg basically told her mom to give her the message to not watch the film until she was eight. Wow. Because she wouldn't wouldn't get it. She watched it when she was 11. It was horrified. She watched it when she was 18. She said she was proud of it. Right. Well, and that's... That seems very logical. Well, there are some pretty horrifying things in oh, this yeah. movie. You got to be ready for that if you're going to watch it. It's mm-hmm. not nece- it's not a it's not a movie for young children. No, no. or we, even young teenagers. Yeah. I just yeah. don't. Or think... even people who just want entertainment. Yeah, we are. We record on. Then you watch Taken. Yeah, yeah. we re- record on a delay. So today is Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. This will be two to three weeks late, depending on how delayed I am at uploading. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
this means that we can have tomorrow off <laughs> after this movie. Yeah, yeah, this is a heavy. Mm -hmm. uh, we do need to talk about the peril scale. I think physical, like, danger, very limited. Yeah. Uh, the peril was definitely on everyone except Oscar Schindler in this. I think so. I think his peril was about to start as the film was ending. Yeah. Yes. And we know that... Was he in peril when he went to jail? No. Not no, really. Not really. No, he was just going to buy his way yeah, out. Yeah, he was laughing with the guy he was in jail okay. with, and then he went and he had drinks with the boss. And yeah, so that done. wasn't meaningful. No. I. Spoiler alert, Oscar Schindler is dead at the end of this movie. Though that's more because Oscar Schindler is a real person and he is not alive. <laughs> True. So... I don't think that counts because I don't think no, he died no. in no. unfortunate circumstances. This is probably the heaviest zero we could think of because... I, yeah, I was trying to figure out a way to give it a one. If if anything, it's because at the very end, he's on the run because the war is over. Because he's fleeing as a Nazi party representative. But that's, but that's, that's all. It. And... He ended and he's up, not really being physically threatened at that point in he time. He ended up dying of natural causes, I believe, 30 years after the war ended. Yeah. So he, I, the he, he was financially in peril, maybe, because he literally spent yeah. all of his money to save people. And stress is not, not peril. Stress not is not peril. To, uh, Financial instability is not peril. <laughs> I, I will say the end of the film, I, which is not too much of a spoiler because it definitely talks about this on Wikipedia... I is I don't know if it's every single survivor though it is over a hundred I of Schindler's Jews the people that were on his people list. that were on his list came back uh, Spielberg flew them all in for the final scene where they pay respect at his grave in where he is the only member of the Nazi Party to be buried there in Israel in Israel because Israel unsurprisingly not a fan of Nazis. However, yeah. he became more than that. I don't know. So are we saying that this is a zero? I I can't quite... I can't give it anything more. I think for his character in the movie, a zero yes. is appropriate. Everyone else in this film, probably an 11. Mm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. But this is not a... This is unfortunately not a film about everyone else. Right, right. Yeah. It is a film about everyone it is else. Supposed, this but is our, but our meter is still not about yeah, everyone else. The podcast else. is about Liam Neeson, not Ben Kingsley. That yep. would be That's a different... True. If we have to do Ben Kingsley, it's going to take a very long time. He's been in 140 things. And you, you were talking about his... <laughs> and he's got current. five upcoming. Oh, yeah. Five, five upcoming. He, yeah, he, well, he, shows up in a lot, he shows up in a lot more TV shows. He has just tons of I, work. Who was the one I was looking up and I... Well, we don't know what you were doing on your phone. I've been Honestly, looking, up, I've been looking up a lot of things. It's one of my issues. Oh yeah, Dan, Dan the, plays oh, yeah. on his phone. The other thing sure. that Ralph Fiennes is in more recently that people would recognize his voice from, mm -hmm. but not his face. What, some anime thing? It's an animated thing. Animated For thing. who? Lego. It's a Lego movie. Ben Kingsley? It's the Lego movie. It's the Lego movie. No. Now, not the one that we're going to watch, I don't think. The second Lego? The, the second Lego, Lego, Lego movie. And Lego Batman. And Lego Batman. Alfred. Oh, he's Alfred. But Alfred was not in the first one, so we're not going to talk about him on this <laughs> podcast. True. Because Liam Neeson does not appear in the second one. That's right. But we've talked about th we've talked about not this movie for quite a long time. I think we're done. Yeah, I think we're done. It was good. All right, I well worth the time. Go see it. Take yes. us away, Finn. Finn no. is no, Finley's okay. just happy dog. Woof. Okay, woof. We're done. Bye. Bye. <laughs>